Joe, have you heard about the guy who invented knock-knock jokes? No. He just won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> oh, God, forgive me. I laughed. <laughs> Hey, uh, this is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. <laughs> uh, you're in rare form this <laughs> afternoon. You actually laugh. And you feel bad about you, the one person. I feel so much shame. I would rather have been caught masturbating by my <laughs> priest. Oh, now, now see, now you're just teeing up priest <laughs> jokes, you know. Oh, you know me too well. <laughs> uh, first of all, happy birthday, Joseph. What? What? <laughs> not happy birthday. No. Not happy birthday. No, not that. Please. No. Not happy birthday. <laughs> yep. You're baking me a cake. I'm twirling the party favor. You got the hat on. I got my hat on. Oh, man. I got to blow out these candles because they're not candles. Oh, man. That was dynamite. And now I'm dead. That was for your benefit, my benefit, and Peter's benefit only, <laughs> I believe. But seriously, man, I, I hope you had a good one. Anything You do anything fun and exciting? I'm, I can't remember. Just oh, my wife. Oh! <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> and with the, the oh, fun, exciting, and too. And the now. Um, no, nah, we just had a nice day inside of you know 97-degree heat with 100% humidity. No air conditioning, though. That I can guarantee you. Uh, but then we went to my wife's aunt's house for a dinner. They have air conditioning, so we stayed there for like an extra four hours after we were told to leave. <laughs> right, exactly. uh, was there air conditioning in the squad car that drove you away? <laughs> yes. Uh, so good. Well, tomorrow, are, are, we, we, are you coming with us to the On, festivities? Oh, they drive in? Uh, maybe. Uh, uh, I, my, I know that... Uh, it would be just me and the boys if we did go. Um, but I am excited to possibly see again in what? Uh, hopefully, sixty degree, you know, cold. Maybe fifty degrees if we're lucky. Back to the Future and, and don't forget the mosquitoes and, and Jaws and Jaws. And especially after listening, because you know Joe and I are big fans of the Gilbert Godfrey podcast, and he had. You know, the guy who wrote Jaws on a couple weeks ago. And this will be the first time I've seen it post-listening to that interview. Which, by the way, we're big fans of the Gilbert Podcast. But that particular episode, if you like the movie Jaws, it's... It, it's a must-listen. It, it really is amazing. Like, the stories about... You know, I, you knew a lot about the stories about the shark that didn't work. You know, and the funny thing is, they tested the shark. I, I think it was made at UCLA, I believe. Um, so I blame you, All-Star Tommy, but they tested the shark, and it was great in a, in a regular water tank. In a freshwater tank. <laughs> you know, brought it out to Cape Cod, put it in the ocean, sink. Damn you, salt! <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing is, the name of the, do you know the name of the shark, that they, they named the shark in, in the production? <clears throat> uh, no. It was named Bruce after, uh... Uh, Spielberg's uh, lawyer. Oh, and that's why they referenced that in Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, right. Mm. It, it, but that's why it's called Bruce. Uh, but if you hear the podcast, the story is about uh, who was drunk on set. And it's not, it's not who was drunk. It's how drunk were they is the question. Right. It was uh, the guy who played Quint. Um, there's a scene, apparently. The, 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 the big monologue scene with Quint 
is apparently two takes. One not so drunk, one very drunk, glossy-eyed drunk. And you can kind of tell, and I say kind of lightly, you can tell (laughs) which is take is which. And by the way, speaking of the shark and Bruce and it failing... Did that song "Don't Let Me Down," Bruce? Was that about? I believe the so. I, Don't let me down, uh, Bruce. Uh, ELO. Yes, Electric Light Orchestra. Thank you. Hey, win. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It also, you know, one of the fun things is who hated each other on set, right? You know, um, and, and you know the extent of which the disdain went for people trapped on a boat for months shooting this because it went i mean the the story of the the movie is amazing it went weeks if not months over budget because of things like the shark because of weather and all these things and here these people who didn't like each other to begin with in close in close quarters yeah you know for for that long and then what role did the writer play because it wasn't supposed to be a tiny role and then it just kept expanding oh carl gottlieb was the writer he's by the way iron balls mcginty and the jerk uh, which we did not know. Yeah, shame on us. Yeah, big time shame. And shame on you, especially, because I had not seen Jaws. Well, right. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess reading's not your strong suit, because that credits, those credits come up and... Management gives me crap all the time, because I don't read credits. You know, and it, it, like I told you, there's been hints. Or give it. <laughs> hey. Uh, but, no, I'm looking forward to it. Like, we, we love the drive-in. The, the little guys love the drive-in. It's, it's a fun night out. I assume they have the same uh, rigmarole with the, 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 Delor- the DeLorean there and the wax figures and all that stuff. I would guess it would be there. They might. Yeah, they, they probably will. I mean, there aren't that many venues. Every, you know, I, was, I, I don't know if they – I'm sure that at Fan Expo they had the DeLorean there too. You know, I'm guessing, right? You were there. At Fan Expo. Do you know if they had a big Yeah, I, you know, I didn't. We were there the second day, oh. and so I don't know. But the one that they had the drive-in last year was real. They had the two, remember? The, the, the junior varsity one and the one that was pimped. Should we dress as, like, the, the Libyan terrorists? And- yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Whenever going to a populated public area, dress as a Libyan terrier, terrorist. Um, or terrier. Or terrier. And then go, you know, because, you know, the whole doc thing. I, I think four people there would enjoy it. I think if we pulled up in the Volkswagen van, what you know, that yep. uh, yeah, I think that might uh, turn some heads. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it, but if you went to see this, how many times would this have been a Back to the Future 1 viewing do you think you've seen? I would have to say 100 somewhere in there. It has to be. It, ha- it has to be. I'd seen it on videotape for so many years and then DVD, uh, Blu-ray. In an actual theater, I probably had only seen it twice. They played it once in Harvard Square as part of a trilogy, and then um, when I saw it with you at the drive-in last year. So this would be my third, if I were to go, or if I had already went. Yes. <laughs> we had a great time. Right. 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 We, we, oh, we, God, I, yes. I, I, I badgered Joe into doing it. And you know what? He had, the, uh, and he thanked me for going. Yes, and I thank you for making me dress up as a Libyan terrorist. I didn't know how <laughs> well that would play out. Uh, have you seen Louis C.K.? <laughs> no, I have not seen nor nor has most people. But but uh but he's back, as you've heard, I, I take it. Like herpes. Like herpes. Yeah. 
Um, we talked about that before, and Joe didn't believe me. I told him, look it up. Uh, nearly two-thirds of the world's population have herpes simplex 1. Wow. Absolutely. Wait, well, that's like a cold sore. If you've ever had a cold sore, that's herpes, Yeah, and it doesn't go away. I guess I have herpes. I probably have because I do get cold sores. Then you have herpes. All right. I don't Ladies? Get, I don't <laughs> give them, though. It's all mine. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> What, uh, well, that escalated quickly. Right. Well, you know who should have herpes? Louis C.K. Louis so, C.K. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Well, so he, he performed last Sunday night at the Comedy Cellar unannounced for a 15-minute spot uh, with new material that he's working on. Brand new material. I guess there were people there who gave him a standing ovation, but it was a side bag kind of thing, you know, where he was unannounced, and maybe some people that went to see comedy that night didn't want to see Louis C.K., and were probably pissed about it. But, you know, it's better, uh, easier to ask for forgiveness than to beg for mercy, that, you know, or permission, or whatever that saying is. Well, the old one is, yeah, it's easier, to, uh, it's easier to get forgiveness than it is permission. Yeah. You have any thoughts on, on him coming back? Ah, fuck him. Honestly. Like, he fucked up. And, you know, I, I saw that Michael Ian Black on Twitter prefaced his t- first tweet about the situation with, I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. Right. But I think that, you know, um, we need to, there has to be some sort of road to redemption um, or rehabilitation, blah, 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 blah. And he got taken to task for it, rightfully so, because as a lot of people called out and pointed out, he didn't really do any rehab. He was called out by many female comedians for masturbating in front of him and putting them in very awkward and uncomfortable and unprofessional and kind of dangerous situations. Um, and uh, he admitted to it. So these aren't even alleged. He admitted to it publicly. He went away. He lost his show uh, or whatever. He, he, you know, he stopped working. And he went away for, what, a, a year or so? Like or? nine months. Nine months. Okay. So, and then on his own terms, on his own, under his own volition, he said, you know what? I think I'm ready to pull up the shades, um, you know, to take a shower, change my underwear, and go out in public and perform publicly. And you know what? I'm sure lots of people are going to be fine with it. And then just that that's it. Like, not even, like, a, there's, there's no rehabilitation. He didn't do shit. He just went away and then decided on, on, on his own to just come back. Like, where's the recompense for victims in that situation? You know, what kind of message is that? And again, what kind of message is that sent to everybody out there going, you know what? If you're, you know, big enough and strong enough in the in this industry and you do something bad, you can go away and people will forgive you when you come back. Or most people will, at least. The paying kind will. You know, I, I don't know if I'm playing devil advocate because I... I had this discussion with management last night, and I think you know what side of the bench she, you know, comes in. Oh, on. she hates women. It hates them, yeah, bitches. Um, you know, but seriously, her words, not yours. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm a little torn with this because what kind of, you know, he he lost his show. You know, he, he didn't do stand up for nine months, and and this is a guy who was doing stand up at the, you know, the five to ten thousand, you know, venue places. He wasn't, you know, doing the, you know, the Chuckle Huck in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He was doing the big places, the places right now that the Jim Gaffigans and stuff like that are packing and filling out. I mean, there's no way to say that he didn't lose 
you know, years of the show, Louis, if he wanted to. He had another movie that was shot and produced and it was, you know, ready for distribution that got pulled. Um, and he had a... He had to fly his friends to the Super Bowl in a plane without cushion seats like an animal. <laughs> oh, send them away. There's a lot more needier people than me. All right, so he doesn't have gold-plated faucets this time. No, but I mean, he, he, lost, he lost a lot of money. Now, here's my question. What if Louis C.K. was just a guy flipping burgers at Burger King, and this happened... It, does that mean he wouldn't be allowed to come back and flip burgers at like a different fast food joint? Uh, it's, um, apples and oranges. Uh, guy flipping burgers is uh, not a position in, in a position of power. Um, right, right, but but this is his profession. Is he never allowed to work again? I, th- you know what? It's honestly, and I'm just asking. I'm not saying one way or another, but. If he's allowed to work again, if there is a road to redemption, just taking a time out and then coming back unannounced and popping in isn't the way to do it. Like, you think, you know, the guy's been in entertainment for his, most of his adult life, if not all of his adult life. Uh, he knows how to play the game. He knows how optics are in entertainment, how important optics are and how important reputation is and how important perception is. Like, he's not... That's uns- he's not he can't possibly he's probably the most self-aware person except for this one thing. It's funny because that was an interesting argument that I've heard. Like he's a woke person. He had routines about how awful predators are. I mean, I mean, he was very self-aware when you know bringing up you know that people prey on X, Y, and C. So that kind of makes it worse. You know, the question is. Again, you know, should Mike Vick have been allowed to play football? Well, that's his only profession. That's the only thing that he's ever done that could do. He went away. He served his time. And isn't that supposed to be like, okay, you you, you, you served, you, you, you broke this law. You know, he lost untold millions. He lost a couple years of his life. Does it mean he can't? come and do what he's to be honest i think anybody who anybody who wants to hire anybody within the the rights within the confines of the law can do so um it's just that as far as like expecting acceptance and expecting people to be okay with it because oh he went away he lost a whole lot of money because he jacked off in front of some you know poor innocent girls and now uh, now it's all better. No, you know you can be like 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 the freedom of speech argument. You have the right to say the n word uh, at the Apollo Theater if you want to, if you want to, and I know you do. But you also have to be ready to accept the consequences. And I think you know what? Maybe Louis C.K. is just rolling rolling dice and saying, you know what? I'm gonna fucking do this, and you know if people are gonna be. He's not an online guy. I don't. I mean, well, I'm, I'm sure he goes online, but he doesn't have an online presence anymore. Like he doesn't have a Facebook page, and which is ironic because his whole business model was publishing his works online exclusively, direct to the consumer. Like he publishes live at the Beacon. I think it was live at the Beacon. Uh, his comedy special, where 
he didn't go through Netflix. He went directly to the internet from his website, charged people five bucks, almost like a, almost like a tip jar. Like you could watch it for free or, and leave money in the donation link and kind of built a business model that way and it worked for him. Horace and Pete, the TV show that he worked on, like he did that all out of his own money. So he's like a one, and he's also unique in the sense that he doesn't ha- answer to like management. He doesn't have a PR person. He doesn't have like an agency that I know of. Um, Not anymore. Yeah, he never had agency. Um, but um, I don't know. I th- as far as what, what I was trying to say is that it's like the freedom of speech argument. You have the right to say whatever you want within within the, the rules of law, and just be fine with it in this country as long as you're willing to accept the consequences. And Louis C.K. can go to a venue if they'll have him, and you know do his act, but he'll have to accept the consequences, as will the venues. Venues that host Louis C.K. like this um, are probably going to get fucking backlash. They're probably, you know, who knows? It, it could put a dent in the in their in their attendance. It could put, um, you know, calls for boycotts of places like the Comedy Cellar if they do this kind of shit again. Um, I don't know. It's And it's, you know, it's kind of, because there was no I guess law broken that you, there is no he's not going to go to court or trial or anything like that. He it's all court of public opinion. So right because I th- I think I think the people whose voice was finally heard on this there was a statute of limitation thing, so they couldn't sue and he couldn't be arrested for it. Right. So exactly. So all of this is self imposed and imposed by. I guess the jurisdiction of the of the comedy industry right. uh, of the entertainment industry, you know, um, if FX wants to put give them a show in a year, fine, just be ready for the shitstorm coming your way. Yeah, I mean, and you know, with the Michael Vick thing, you know, part of him coming back is he had to do a bunch of PSA, he had to do public service. I mean, and there's still people who never forgive him. I I won't forgive him. I mean, I I think drowning dogs with your hands and unforgivable, but you know. The the court had him do some stuff, but also I, when the Eagles first were the first team to take you know a flyer on him, you know the owner is mandated. It's like you're gonna go and do this public outreach. You're going to go, you know, and try. So I, I don't know if there is some. Um, and then, by the way, with Michael Vick, the NFL is the only game in town. To be honest with you, for anybody on that level, unless you want to go to fucking arena football, God forbid. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's a funny thing because. Management again was like they shouldn't let him play. And back then, you know, a couple of years ago, what I was trying to explain to her, I mean, it's it's the biggest game on the planet, and there's only 32 people. There's only of, of the eight billion people on the planet. There's only 32 people out there who have starting jobs in the NFL, and and honestly, there's only 15 really good ones. And when he came back, I mean, there was a there was a good season and a half window where he was awesome and. You know, the difference between winning, you know, eight regular season games versus 10 is a home playoff game. And, you know, the team decided it's well worth the $50 million we'll make by hosting a home playoff game if we have. And again, you know, I don't forgive it. But that's the thing. If you flip burgers, you can go back to your life. And Not real. I mean, look, OK, let's let's think about the flipping burgers guy. OK, average guy, non-managerial. Uh, kind of a ne'er do well or whatever, you know, uh, gets caught jerking off in front of somebody at his work, right? Um, 
Go on. <laughs> um, it depends. You know, with something like that, I would say that within like the law, you probably you you can get them on indecent exposure if you want. If you want to make a big deal out of it, or if you just want to reprimand the person and fire them, um, you know, there he has he has the 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 relative uh, luxury of anonymity. You know, he, his story is not going to be front page news. His story and his life and his livelihood isn't hinged upon public acceptance. He doesn't need to win over the crowd to go to Burger King instead of McDonald's to, to do his job. He just has to not be caught doing something like that again and also n- not have that on his record. Uh, you know, if there's an arrest record, then that's going to that's gonna follow him to whatever job he goes to if there isn't an arrest record if there's no criminal record or anything like that if there's not even a, cl- a complaint the only thing that he won't get is a reference from the job <laughs> where he got fired from for jerking off so that's the thing is that you're it's it, two wildly different things one person is a complete loser and the other guy flips burgers so you got <laughs> two different well <laughs> well well done um, but you know what i'm saying no like, i do it's, my, it's enter- entertainment industry versus burgers is not the same thing. My next question to you, and, and, and I'm putting you on the spot. You justify this. No. Um, oh, by the way, the guy flipping the burgers didn't have his own office where he, you know, called in, you know, somebody else to watch him masturbate. And uh, that's all I got on this podcast. <laughs> and, um, so here's my next, you know, Daryl's advocate. Like, I, I don't know if that's. What if Louis C.K. had gone out and apologized and had have a real heartfelt statement saying, you know, this was wrong. I abused my power. Um, I shouldn't have put these people – like throw himself on the sword. My questions – and seriously, you know, think about this. You know, you know my management. She's not going to say, oh, well, okay, go back to, you know, your life as you knew it. It's going to be the – you know, well, he his publicist told him to say that. Oh, he really didn't mean that. Well, it still happened, and 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 those people can't unsee him. I, I'm, getting, I'm a little confused by what you're saying. Are you saying that let's had had Louis C.K. had not done that? No, six months ago, a year ago, like yeah. as as this broke, comes out and throws himself he on did. the sword. So he has apologized. Yeah, to all these that was like the uh, that's what I said at the top of this discussion is that he was caught. Came out had a very public open letter saying, "I'm a fucking dickhead. I'm you know it's a problem. It's it's whatever. Um, I take full responsibility. I should never have done something like that. You know, um, yeah. He he definitely did that. See, last night I was being uh, part of the lecture series. Is oh he never apologized and he never made up. He never paid restitution to these people. I I think he made a public apology. I don't think he'd ever." Individually called them. According to the victims, they never got a phone call. Would you it, want a phone call? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, that's to each person. Myself, uh, I would be the you know hide under a bunch of coats and wait until it all goes away kind of person. I wouldn't be brave enough to probably come out and say something like that publicly that that happened. If Louis C.K. jacked off in front of me, I mean, I tell you and the podcast listeners, but then nobody would hear it though. So that's the problem. <laughs> Uh, so, as you said, like, you know, Michael Ian Black had said some, other comedians have weighed in. 
Do you know what comedic legend has been like deathly silent over this? Neil Simon. Indeed, Neil Simon. <laughs> was was that was that did you see the bus coming off the highway two miles ago? Yeah, and it was honking and with fireworks. <laughs> um too too soon. Yes. So Neil Simon passed away this week. Uh we we've talked about him in the past. He the second half of last century, he's he's in the conversation for you know, top five, at least top ten, definitely top ten, you know, comedy like playwrights. Um, you know, I, I loved his work because I'm 75 years old and I remember when Sid Caesar, you know, had, had the, you know, went from radio to TV and he was part of that writing crew forever. The Odd Couple is one of my favorite things ever in any medium, in any genre. Had you ever heard him speak? Yeah. I can't remember what his voice sounds like. You know, uh, a little Jewy. <laughs> the look that Joe gives me when I say things. Uh, but I would. Uh, there's a there's a great, great PBS special like Caesar's Writers, uh, where it's all you know a lot, not all of it, but a lot of the the Carl Reiner's and the Mel Brooks and the Neil Simons, you know, on stage talking about those years writing. I, you know, I also love the Sunshine Boys. I mean, he did not everything he did was like. Complete gold, but um, but I did. I mean, though, you know, just just between laughter on the twenty third floor, the odd couple, your show of shows, and Sunshine Boys. I mean, that that alone would make him one of my top ten favorite writers. Um, I don't know if he died with dates on the book. I don't know if he was actively working, and you know how prolific, prolific. Uh, yes, <laughs> but but uh, but at least I. I'm not 100% sure his voice either, but uh, I will be doing an impression of him very soon. (laughs) Why not now? Okay. Here's my impression of Neil Simon. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you didn't throw in an oi? (laughs) Um, On account of the... Yeah, the Jewiness. Um, So, like, Joe Joe tees it up so I will say the awful, and he can distance himself. Yep. (laughs) Um, So, I'll also be able to do a uh, John McCain impression pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you give a... Just tease the audience with your John McCain impression. Here's my impression of John McCain. He was a funny guy. You, you know who you know who likes that impression? Who? Donald Trump. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so seriously, uh, I don't know if you caught any of the John McCain uh, tribute the the service that was on like all the networks the other day. I did. I saw. I was actually home live when they uh, did the memorial service for his family, and I got emotional. Yeah, I mean, again, hated ninety percent, ninety five percent of everything the guy stood for. Uh, politically, like you know, he, he he his life was prolonged in the quality of life because of the amazing health care that he got provided by the government that he spent thirty years trying to keep other people from having. Um, you know, and I'm not going to like retry like all the things I didn't like about him. I'm not going to pretend that you know I was a fan. Or at the same time, in death, you know, I'm going to forgive and overlook all the things that I hated about him. But I will say a couple interesting things. Um, I don't think I've ever seen photos of him as when he was in the service in a pilot. Do you see because all those things? I actually watched the HBO documentary 
okay. for whom the bell tolls. Um, and I mean this with all sincerity. Wow, is he a great looking guy? Like when he was younger, because I, I never saw the photos of like him standing by, you know, his planes and in his service and stuff like that. When he was, I mean, I just know him, you know, as the John McCain of like, I think he's been 60 for the last 45 years. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the things, you know, you hear all these stories that, you know, we knew about him uh, being a prisoner of war for so long. And and I heard things like you know how he acted as a prisoner of war, and he was always lauded, you know, for his you know bravery as a soldier. And I didn't know the full details. And you saw the documentary that they talk about this, how he refused to be released, right? Because his father was an admiral, as was his grandfather, and um, so you know he had that notoriety, and he would not be released ahead of other POWs because it wasn't his turn. You know, just because he's of a certain stature in the military or whatever because of his family history, he, you know, w- was there to serve his country, you know, um, whether whether or not he made it out of there alive or not. I mean, just that just that alone, it's, it's so <clears> – <throat> when you think about the shit from, you know um, – you know, Benedict Donald and stuff like that and what he said. And then you hear again, like, what it really meant. Like, I, you know, I'm not the flag waver, supporter of troops guy who says everybody who served is a hero and stuff like that. I'm also not dismerging it, but there's a difference. Or di- besmirching. Besmirching. But there is a difference between somebody who enlisted and served and was stateside or never saw, and somebody who was a POW who was tortured for years, beaten. Oh, I think that falls in the torture thing. But when they realized he was a high-value asset and like, hey, we will trade you him if you give us 10 of our prisoners. And the U.S. government was like, yep, we'll make this trade happen. And John McCain was the one who said, nope. You know, uh, these guys were here before me. I don't leave until they did. That, that is amazing. And, and then you hear the stories when, like, he was on campaign and he'd be giving rallies. And people who became part of his inner circle who didn't know him, like, physically that well, and he'd be getting their applause and they would hold his hand and try to hold his hand up like, a, you know, a boxer who won and celebrate. He couldn't, for, the, for ever since the late 60s, couldn't comb his own hair. Yeah, and he always looked good. But anyways... um. Yeah, what one of the, one of the things that I admired about John McCain, as far as the way he acted as a congressperson and as a, a human being, was that he always admitted his mistakes, even though he constantly made mistakes. You know, you know it agreed. Um, and what's really interesting about his services, and and I've said this in weeks past, and, and we've talked about it. God, I hate the cliche of like working with the other side. It's like I'm going to reach across the aisle. It's like we are so partisan now. It, 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 it's it's in my lifetime. It's, it's never not been cliche anymore. This divided. It's awful. But John McCain was the one. He and we said that before. He was really close friends with Ted Kennedy, with Joe Biden. He with, was really close friends with Joe Biden. He worked with John Kerry to get the MIA POW thing um, kicked off. In the 90s. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's another one. John Kerry and him, truly, truly friends. Like, not, not. oh, we're just going to get this bill together. And I don't know if they were, for, I don't know how friendly they Oh, no, they, they, they were, were friends. And, well, I remember it was really funny when um, it, it was, it was after, you know, uh, six months or a few months after Obama had beat John McCain. And there, 
the rumors were circulating that John Kerry was about to be named Secretary of State, and it hadn't happened yet, and it was kind of, you know, it was almost like a good nature, like, ribbing, like, you know, young kids, like, you know, kind of needling each other, and there was, like, some press people there, and McCain, uh, we kept calling him, like, Mr. Secretary, it's like, oh, yeah, no, great job, Mr. Secretary, and he turns to him and goes... Well, thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> like, ah. like, it was like, and but they did. They well, and how close they were, I don't know. I've never yeah, been in the same room with them. Right. But the fact that he asked Joe Biden, and, and it turns out, Sally, I didn't know that. I knew Joe Biden lost his son, but I didn't know it was the same type of cancer. Really interesting that he had Obama, you know, speak. So yeah, <clears throat> and, and was that? Does he really respect Obama? Because Again, they kept playing his his um, his concession speech, which was which was the probably most gracious speech. It wasn't forced, and it didn't feel like somebody else wrote it. And, and he was made quelling say the it. booing crowds, and like, no, 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 no. And they were they were they were livid. Like you could see the anger that was brewing in the Republican Party that day when Obama was elected president, and McCain had to deliver his concession speech to his constituents. And his supporters. And, um, yeah, he was calling for unity and um, support for the president, as he should, and that it was, you know, a long, hard-fought battle, but, you know, there had to be a winner, and, um, you know, you have to, you know, uh, respect the leadership of the new president and work together. And um, what was interesting in the documentary on HBO was that John McCain... In accepting Sarah Palin's nomination, because well, it, he originally wanted Joe Lieberman. He, yeah, he did not want her. People think and it's that's like... The, it's talking about reaching across the aisle. He wanted fucking Joe Lieberman as his running mate. I mean, that would have been the first, you know... Well, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, John Kerry, when he was running, actually, and I forget who he was targeting, on his very short list, he had a Republican. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, you had to have this sort of generation of bipartisanship out of, like, the Vietnam War era, guys. But um, but in the documentary, they they said that in him choosing Sarah Palin, like he inadvertently, what was once this sort of like conspiracy theory fringe weirdo group that was almost not had no representation in the government, was now kind of unleashed because of Sarah Palin was now kind of brought to the forefront. Like, hey, this is sort of like something we could work with here. Like this sort of um this 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 hatred kind of mentality um this nationalism you know yeah why don't why don't we do this Th- yeah, let's do this from now on uh, yeah we we will not undo this stain for a good two generations you know it, it, it and, and that and you can pinpoint it to that um now do you think he grew to really respect obama or was he having obama speak a real f u to Cittolino? <laughs> Cittolini? A little of both? Or? Um, I think, um, yeah, I think that was a little bit of both. It had to have been. I, I think he respected uh, President Obama. I don't know if they were like cl- the closest of friends, but, you know, Joe Biden is obviously close with Obama. I think he's close with Obama. In his eulogy, his speech was pretty great. And I didn't see it myself, but um, yeah, I think that's a little bit of a fuck you. Um, there was a great picture I saw of um, Donald Trump approaching uh, a casket, and it's a closed casket, but 
the, the, the casket lid is open just a little enough for an arm with a middle finger to come out of it. And I thought, yes. Yeah, that guy... Look, okay, now we'll move on. Oh, no, and briefly, what did you... I mean... Let the the, the 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 pettiest of petty things is the flag lowering, fuck raising, you, and dude. then lowering. Like again. literally, could you be more of a fuck? Be more of a cunt. Seriously, he. I mean, I reserve the word cunt it, it was, for it, the president of the United States. It was lowered for like the day, and then he put it back. And there's a great shot, and by great, I mean awful. An overhead shot where you can see the flags, like. In the, know, background. in the background. In the background. That are all at half-mast. All at half-mast. An array of half-mast American flags. And at the forefront is the, what, the, 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 the North Lawn, the front yep. lawn. And, 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 and this piece of shit. With a full-mast uh, American flag. So he, you know, he, tweets out, he tweets out condolences to the McCain family. Doesn't say anything about, you know, it's a great loss to the country. He was, doesn't say one thing about McCain himself. Just... And then on Instagram, he sends out, you know, a message, dead serious. It's a picture of him with the same statement to the McCain family. It's like, you, you cunt. You know, it's like, <laughs> you put a picture of you. You can't even, like, the, the smallest level of civility. And to people like, you know, my mom and, you know, our friend Sully's mom, who, who the older generation who keeps saying, you got to respect the office, politely Fuck off. I mean, there, there is no respecting. If you can't even, upon his death, bring yourself to say, you know, anything about him. Any, yeah. Even he was, one right. Serve the country well. Yeah. You know? Right. No, fuck him. Fuck him. Not Senator McCain. Donald so, Trump. So, yeah. So, so, fuck him. So, let's move on a little bit. Um, another one bites the dust. Uh, he... It wasn't an outright firing, but he tweets out the other day that the White House counsel will be leaving after the midterm elections. Oh, and who's this counsel? Don McCain. Um, oh, I'm sorry. McGann? Don McCabe. Wait, wait. McCabe. 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 Oh, because it says McGann on here. Right? Oh, maybe it is McGann. I'm sorry. I'm stupid. Oh, no. Shut up. Also, I know I'm can stupid. Can it be both? <laughs> can it be both? Uh, but yeah, so this is a guy who it comes out last week that he has sat with, you know, Mueller's team for close to like 30 hours and it came out like I think it was the New York Times it's always the New York Times or the Washington Post or Alex Jones and he uh, <laughs> and the White House like the next day it's like oh yeah no we knew he was working with them and being cooperative and it's been it's it's come out several times over the last few months that McGahn has kept you know has kept Donnie two scoops from firing him, from you know pulling a, a Saturday Night Massacre, from firing Rosenstein and, and starting that chain reaction. He's he's the one person standing in the way. Now, this is his White House counsel. This is the official White House counsel. So McGahn is representing the office of the president of the United States. He's not Giuliani or any of the other people in the clown car that are representing him and out there on Fox news and whoever else will let him, uh, let him talk. And, 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 and it's exculpatory. Like he's, he's more and more like a Daffy Duck character. Giuliani is. But so this week, I think it was like on Wednesday, you know, people wake to, the tweet that yes, he is leaving after the midterm election, which was surprise to everybody, including him. John McGann. Yeah, and so it's like he wasn't outright fired, but it's 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 a clear thing that 
He's given his three months notice. Right. Sort it, of thing. So he uh, so it's gonna be interesting, and I say interesting, and by interesting I mean wrap this the fuck up before <laughs> you know you don't get a chance. But uh, you know, at, at this point, um it's all awful. It is all awful, and um um I am looking forward to the Mueller investigations findings, as is the rest of the world. But but, and I'm probably going to take heat for this, as Michael in black once said, um, <laughs> I very, I have my doubts that anything that the Mueller investigation uncovers will expedite the exit of said Donald J. Trump. Here's, here's my wishful thinking. And you, which you are the king of. Uh... But I'll get over you. They are now. I know I will. They, they are now. By they I mean the Mueller investigation, and it's it's hitting closer to home. Like last last week on the podcast, we had talked that the CEO of the Trump Foundation has been granted immunity. A guy who has been with Donald's father. I mean, he's literally been with the organization over forty years. He's working with them. Then it came out this past Thursday or Friday that. And the Trump Foundation, the Trump Corporation, is a very small. It's you know, it, they they keep it you know, basically. It, 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 it really is, and they and you know, and now it's a tr- mom and mom and mom and mom and pop. <laughs> and so now it turns out that another, you know, high ranking person in the Trump Foundation has gone to Mueller asking for. You know, and a get-out-of-jail-free card for immunity. Mm-hmm. And we're told, nope, we, we got all the information we need. And that's the thing. It's like the closer this gets to his personal finances and his family finances, you know, it, it, and again, wishful thinking, but there's a lot of people echoing this. It's, a lot he, of people are saying. He might resign. Like to, you know, or, or strike a deal. Look, I'm done. I'm getting out. But two other states are now going after the Trump family for the uh, help me out with this worth the emoluments clause the emolument yeah because uh it, it you know there's more and more investigations going out into his personal finances to the trump foundation's finances to his children's finances and it's one of those things it's like the 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 second um man for, uh Manafort trial yep. is set to start like next week, but it's been pushed for a week right. because they just said, look, judge, we just got out of this f- trial. It's just us three. We haven't had time to go over these different 1,500 documents for this one. So they gave a week to get their shit together. At the same time, the prosecutors in the first case, they were supposed to let the judge know this past Thursday if they want to retry him on the other 10 you know, the, the 10 that was a hung jury on, uh, and they asked for an extension to basically find out, it's like, is Manafort ready to flip is like the war back and forth because the pressure is getting to him. He's starting this other trial. What if they turn around and say, yeah, as soon as this trial's done in New York, we're going to go back <laughs> to Virginia and retry you on these other 10. Um, and it does, does that point put the pressure on him to squeeze? Like, again, it's wishful thinking, but, um, uh, but I, I, I think the overall picture is to sum it up. He's a cunt. Yes, indubitably. I, not to say that I'm just because I'm pessimistic of the outcome. 
ultimately of the Mueller investigation is not to say that I am not in favor of this entire investigation. I, of course, this entire this investigation needs to go on, and we need to know how much they can uncover about this family, their dealings, this president, and how it may tie to the Russian government, uh, either directly or indirectly. Uh, just just so we have that ammunition in the next election. And I think a lot of stuff that well. The next election, the election coming up in two months. Well, not the midterms, but the actual right. But but one. The, the one that's coming up in two months, we know that the Russians are hacking. And again, the White House last week nixed the funding, the two hundred fifty million dollars to put towards like securing the elections as best that they can. I mean, these midterms are already decided. Uh, uh, you know, I'm sad to well, say. Well, they're not going to throw money at a rigged election. No, they've already. Yeah, exactly. When you had what was it, twelve or fourteen? Senators in Moscow on the 4th of July, uh, and then you've had, like, you know, other, like, Rand Paul and a couple others have made solo visits since then. I, I don't think, I don't think uh, um, any Democrats have gone over to meet with the Russians one-on-one since this. Anyways, you know, en- enough of that. The last awful thing with this fucker, so the guy who wanted the big, I love a parade, like, military parade to himself— just put a freeze on um, raises for federal employees for 2019. Oh man! And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we're all going to have to tighten our belts. Uh, not, not all. Not, not all of us. Just you, fuck. And it's, it is. It's like how many of those people voted for him or still support him and can sit there and say, wait a minute, weren't you pushing for a big? Didn't we have the budget for you to have a huge parade? And we have the money for that, but we don't have the money. I never said we had the money for it. I just wanted a parade. God, I hate him. Uh, okay, so, you know, the last awful thing we'll talk about, um, and, and I was going to say it hits close to home, but not really, but where you're a big gamer guy and I'm a gamer, like, you know, all the mass shootings. Let's go down the list now. Uh, elementary schools are off limits. Movie theaters are off limits. Concerts are off limits. And now gaming. Conventions. Conventions. And, tur- and tournaments are off limits. Yeah, this was a, a, a this was a weird one. Uh, kind of weird, as in it shouldn't happen, but it did. So in Jacksonville, Florida, on last Monday, they held uh, a tournament for Ma- a competitive Madden 19 video game uh, turn uh, competition. Uh, it was sanctioned by EA, sponsored. It was run by EA Sports, Electronic Arts, uh, who made the video game Madden, and who, um, you know, secured the venue, which was this bar inside a mall that they kind of retro, uh, they, they kind of fitted out to make a tournament scene, um, which was of dubious nature to begin with, I guess, if you look at the records, that they didn't have the permits to do what they did. Um their only security was a one mall security guard who may or may not have been at the venue, like in the bar itself when the shooting occurred. But it was literally like a bar in a mall. Like it's you know it's like Mr. T's going to be at the mall. Come on down. Mr. T probably had more security for him <laughs> than this tournament with um, with with video gamers. And we we know from history that guns are violent. We also know from history. That uh, video game enthusiasts can also be violent. We also know from history that Americans in Florida tend to be violent. When you have this 
perfect storm of violence congregating in one concentrated area. You, you think, you think that you would spring for more security. But alas, no. Uh, uh, a kid who was in the tournament um, got upset that he lost, had a gun on him. I don't know what kind of run. It wasn't an AK-40. Didn't he go lose? He lost day one yeah, and lo- came back day two. Oh, is that how it yeah. happened? Oh, I see. I see. Ah, now the plot thickens. Um, so he, was, he wasn't even like, yeah, he just walked in to the tournament after the fact the next day. I see. Okay. Um, and then he shot, he shot up a do- over a dozen people. Um, well, 10 people were injured. One person died, and then he shot himself. And um, it, it, was, it was streamed live on Twitch, not the actual shooting itself and not people <laughs> dropping. Um, the video had cut out. But um, you could hear, and I, I did watch the video. I didn't see anything, but you could hear at least a dozen gunshots going off, and it's horrific, horrific. Um, and um, now, before we jump to conclusions, I do not want people to politicize this, and I want—I don't want people to take a tragedy and politicize it. Um, now, that woman who was murdered, the girl that was murdered in—in in, was it Iowa? Um, by that it, that lousy immigrant, right? Yes. Now that is a reason to. Oh yeah, yes, one hundred percent. Yes, lock right. lock up every immigrant that comes across the border, uh, legal or not. Um, but when it comes to guns, no, guns are made right here in the good old U.S. of A. Made, made right here in Massachusetts, apparently. Yes, of course. We, yeah, we, we didn't know that Smith and Wesson was in Springfield, Mass. Right. Um, but um, so like, let's let's not politicize anything that Donald Trump doesn't want politicized, please. Can we not? And we, can we not blame the gun? I mean, the gun didn't do anything, you know. I mean, because right. guns don't kill people. So, so let's see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the the high school this past year, Parkland, Parkland, uh, Pulse nightclub, uh, Trayvon Martin. Um, now, now this in Jacksonville, and don't forget Vegas. Well, no, I'm, I'm, oh, those oh. were all Florida shootings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the Pulse nightclub. It was was the deadliest shooting in Vegas. Hold my beer. Right. Um, and now this, but yet you, you still Marco Rubio is one of the highest uh, NRA uh, uh, recipients of money from from the NRA. Mm-hmm. Still nothing. And again, I mean, what does it take? Like, if if not a high school shooting, if not a nightclub shooting, if not this gaming, shooting. if not Congress people being shot. Right. By the way, let us not forget. The president of the United States was shot to death. Uh, no, I take that back. Two presidents of the United States were shot to death. Yes, but other than that, how was it played, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> um, the I, I guess we maybe we should just roll over and take it. I think I think I think I think guns win. You know the difference in the last podcast like, over in the last thirty almost forty years now. Uh, when Reagan got shot, yeah, things fucking changed, and, uh, and the really Brady quick, bill. right, right, and quick. They didn't call it the Reagan bill. No, they <laughs> called it the Brady bill, uh-huh. and, and that was bipartisan. That was across the board. That was we got to do something about this. And since then, it's gotten tragic. But like I said, it's like now now you can cross off another thing you can possibly feel safe at, you know. And again, was was this was this an ISIS plot? Uh, what is it? M something? M13? Uh, MS13? MS thir- was this an MS13 thing? No, it was not. Oh, was it another middle class white dude? 
Mentally ill, yes. Oh, well, that was, yes, okay. So why aren't we locked up? <laughs> like, why, <laughs> why aren't we profiled everywhere always? Just you wait. Um, all right. On that happy note. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's take a breather. I'm let's gonna, go to the rickety stool and rope store. I was going to say, I'm going <laughs> to loosen this noose. And, and um, while we're away, won't you listen to this defunct sponsor of the week? Hey, Spidey, isn't Marvel's new Pizzazz magazine fantastic? Fantastic, but not perfect. But Pizzazz has the lowdown on Jaws, too. And more Sean Cassidy picks than his mother. It's sensational. Sensational, but not perfect. How about Pizzazz's goofy guide to TV? It's wild look at sci-fi movies. It's games, puzzles, comics. What could be more perfect? Me on the cover. Not the Hulk. Pizzazz, the almost perfect new monthly. From the off-the-wall gang at Marvel Comics. All right, so Joe, sport. Um, breaking news, Joseph. What? Do you realize who you are sitting across from right this very moment? Could it be the most beautiful girl in the world? No. Close. Okay. You are now sharing a podcast with the president of the Worcester... 78 of the ABA, the uh, American Basketball Association. It's the equivalent of, let's say, double A basketball. If the, you know, there's the NBA. Well, actually, maybe it's single A because you got the NBA, then you got the NCAA, which would probably be triple A. Then they have the G League, sponsored by Gatorade, which used to be the D League. And then under that, you have the American Basketball Association. Yes, the same ABA from the 70s. This league a couple years ago bought the name uh, from the people who owned it. They do use the tri-colored ball. Uh, and first home game of this season is November 10th uh, on the campus of Worcester State College, a thousand-seat venue. And yes, as of today, I am now the president of the Worcester 78s of the ABA. The president of ba- popcorn? Uh, 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 of business <laughs> operations. Well, Basically, everything to do with the team that doesn't have to do with bouncy the ball and throwing ball and hoop. Well, I'll be. Well, hail to the chief. And, and you ready for this? I'm going to, if I go down the list, I don't want to say everybody, but uh, almost everybody from the Massachusetts Pirates has made the trip over to uh, to get this uh, thing off the ground. Well, congratulations. Well, uh, and nothing but respect for my president. <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah, you know, uh, about a, a couple months back, I, I didn't. I don't know the Worcester area that well, but I found out about the team. It, it had its first year the year before. Somebody said, hey, the owner, Tom, really cool guy. You know, maybe you have some pointers. And he came to a couple games. We had a bunch of meetings. Uh, really, really great guy. I mean, really passionate about it. Um, best case scenario, something like this can break even, uh, and it's second. No, I'm serious. It's like it's it's a lower cost thing. Um, like I said, they 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 are in a thousand seat venue. Um, but it, yeah, we're really excited. It's like a lot of people from the Pirates have said towards the end of the season, look, this has been a lot of fun. We got a great group here. I wish we could keep working together. And uh, I said, okay. Let's 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 figure out what we can do. Uh, Tom was very, very receptive to basically the whole team coming over. So one by one, I would say, "Hey, 
what you're doing here with the Pirates. I would like you to do this with us over here and let me set up a call meeting with, you know, Tom, the owner, and see if we can make something happen. And over the, like the last week since our last podcast, podcast, I think it's like eight or nine people who were, you know, working with us the last game are now going to be um, starting up this together. Well, Very excited. Yeah, look at this. So, yeah, I'm looking at the website for the Worcester 78s. It's um, it's sparse to say the least, but <laughs> it's just it's just yeah, getting it's up and going. Yeah. Well, it, basically, it was a one guy operation, and 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 Tom's gone from a one guy operation to a in a week a full front office staff. Great, yeah, I, I see that you, your your team will play at the Wellness Center on campus at Worcester State University. Uh, second year that that building's only two years old. Um, one one of the kids, uh, Pat, who worked with us at the uh, at the Pirates, he's also a Division three college basketball player at Colby Sawyer, and he said, hands down, the nicest Division three college facility in the area in the region is that brand new wellness center on the campus of Worcester State. I wish to make an on air inquiry. What would it take? For Carnival personnel to be the official podcast of the Worcester Seventy Eights, we, they, you know what, we will have like because Tom, uh, you know, we're going to start. He's going to start a, a podcast with like, you know, players and you know, have some of the sponsors on, have some like local basketball, you know, figures on and stuff like that. Um, but I, I've asked him to actually come on and talk Seventy uh, Eights basketball on Carnival personnel. Over Skype, of course. No, no, he will make the incredulous journey from Worcester here. The poor man. <laughs> You're trying to get off on the right foot. But uh, so we'll start off sport with uh, with the big announcement. Well, congratulations to you, the Worcester Seventy Eights, the city of Worcester, um, and America. And uh, how many how many more? Worcester 78 games do you think I can get you to go to <laughs> than Pirate games? Look, well, probably, what, three times as much? I mean, I'm looking at the schedule, and it looks like they have a handful of home games. One... They play 10 home games. Oh, is it 10? Uh, yep. Right. And, 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 you know, they're road games. I think they go as far as, like, Elmira, you know, out to New York, and, um, like, there's a team in, like, the Bronx. Uh, there's a team in upstate, like, uh, Pennsylvania. So the ABA itself, it's more modeled after the NCAA. There's series like 140 teams, so they have like regional champions. So it's it's basically putting single A baseball or double A baseball under one sort of umbrella. You know, in like double A baseball, there's the Carolina League, there's the Florida League, the the Arizona League, the summer leagues, the winter leagues. So what they're trying to do is you know, corner the market the one step under the G League. Yep. So you'll be playing in the Northeast Division of the American Basketball Association. All right. So very, very excited. Well, there you have it. And, and seriously, the best part about it is, you know, Tom has been a really great guy. And everybody, you know, Price is right, who's, you know, coaching football right now. But a lot of the kids that he brought into the fold are going to be working with it, but you know Rodney, the announcer, you know our, our, our buddy Steve, just talked to the dance coach Monica, you know today, uh, you know Kidani. Going down the list, I'm really excited because the best part about the Pirates was working with these guys. It was a really great group of people, uh, all brought a lot to the table. Very stressful environment, but there was truly no friction between the game op staff. As crazy as some of the games got, as all the curveballs that we had thrown at us, 
it was really fun and truly like going into like the last game there was a, almost like the end of high school or the end of college or something like that where you were excited you you you're getting through it you get your life back if the season's over but then the realization is like hey when am i going to get to hang out with these people under what circumstances yep and so we were able to create this very excited about it well good for you um now moving on to other things in sport. Is there a four-point rule? In the, the no, NBA? it's not like the big three. Uh, so, but the NBA st- sticking with basketball, the NBA, uh, and 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 it's been rumored it was happening. It's well, not been rumored. the 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 commissioner of the league has come out a year ago and said, "Yeah, I'm all for gambling. Let let let's you know let's put it out there. Let let's stop pretending that sports is not driven 100 percent by gambling." You know, with, with the and there's still only a couple states where you can have gambling on the books. Like, you know, I think it's like Vegas. I think Jersey, you can have like sports books and stuff like that. Uh, but all these, what do you call it? Um, these daily betting things. Um, I'm <clears throat> blanking on the name. Like, right, like um, DraftKings, DraftKings, and stuff like that. That's come on. It is what it is. Um, they only make multi billions of dollars, and so you know, and 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 basically, the NBA is the first te- the first league to come out and say, "We endorse this. We're in. Cut us in. You know, we 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 want a piece of the pie. You know, they want to regulate it and and make sure because there was, I mean, point shaving has been around for absolutely you know ever. Um, you know, throwing. You know what point shaving is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to sound like you know. No, I know. I get it. I get it. I, I see. You see I, the glasses I, I, and the video you know. games <laughs> and the small penis, and you think, and yes, you can see my penis. Of course, no, um, but yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know why everybody else hasn't like the NFL. The reason the NFL does so well is it's it's gambling. It's driven by it. The reason out of town games get the viewership they do and they've always have it's been driven by gambling so the nba this week is the first one to say yep all in this season here we go and the aba are they also driven by gambling well you know what as the president <laughs> of the worcester serenade let me weigh in where i thought you know uh-huh. um yeah open for business <laughs> uh-huh. but um the other the other news is as we sit here uh Big a big f you to All Star Tommy who is calling me a fair weather fan because I'm not on no uh, Patriot bandwagon yet. Like because it's true. It's like everything I said. I haven't busted. I'm not sitting here in any Patriot paraphernalia. Which it, by this point of the year, even my poop stains, you know, <laughs> spell out Patriot or look like the right. the flying Elvis. Um, and 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 I'm not. I'm still not. With the first games, the first games, six days from now, Joe, six days from now, three days from now, the season kicks off on Thursday night football, but the real season starts six days from now. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Patriots home against the Houston Texans. I'm going to watch the game. I'll probably be wearing my brewski shirt, but the normal thing was forever, at least since brewski's been on the team since the late 90s, uh, I would wear... The same brewski jersey, Friday, Saturday, through the game, and if they won, on Monday, <laughs> you know. And if they lost, no, I, you know, it, it not because of the fair weatherness, Tommy. It's because it was just too painful to look at. It just hurt too much. It's like you don't carry around a picture of your ex-wife. <laughs> 
I do. <laughs> of your ex. Your ex. I was married. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? The um, tradition on Carnival Personnel, we've been on a year, is that before the season starts, our resident patriot guru, Jacques, would give his picks as to what the outcome of certain games would be throughout the year, meaning every game that the Patriots played in the regular season and potentially postseason. Um, are we doing that this year? Are we at least doing a record? We, 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 yeah, we can do a whole sideshow. What? We, I'm happy to do a sideshow. Well, I guess it'll have to be this Thursday. Would it be this Thursday? Yeah, because, we... well, because, okay, yeah. right? Because like, once the season starts, the season starts next Sunday. It's six days from now. Yeah, so we, the only time to do it would be... This will be a short side show because yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm still upset. I'm still the – and again, it's not that Brady's getting older or the division's getting better or we're going to go and be like 11 and 5. Uh, I think we're going to be 12 and 4, but probably 11 and 5. It's all the bullshit. Um, yeah. uh, Gronk, Gronk had his um, salary restructured. He got a little bit upfront money this week and – if he hits all his bonuses, he will be the highest paid tight end in football, which, again, it's like I, I, I say it now. A year ago or this offseason when he was holding out and he was doing his WWE thing and when he was doing motocross and all this stuff, when he wasn't showing up for the OTAs, I'm like, somebody will give you your first round draft pick for him. Like, literally, you know, Belichick's always got rid of somebody a year early, not a year late. But the question is... Was he allowed to? Like, he, you know, he wasn't allowed to keep Garoppolo. Was he forced to keep, you know, Gronk, who obviously isn't as dialed in? I mean, him and Brady never missed OTAs. Not only did they miss him, they were out doing reckless, stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, Gronk's a big name and a big draw and... um you know, and 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 an asset. Like when he when he's on, he's on. Look, in last last year it was last year the outlier because he played all sixteen game regular season games last year. No, he he basically sat out week sixteen because you know everything was locked up. Mm. Um, I think he played like one down or one possession or something like this. Just just enough because yeah, because they didn't have to play around one playoff game. So you know, so he wasn't going like four weeks without playing. Yep. Um. But yeah, he stayed healthy and and he was great. Now is but he again, he was at camp. He wasn't doing the shit in the off season. Mm. He was at all the OTAs. So, you know, it, it like I said, I I'm upset that I'm not as excited about this, you know, cuz at this part of the season, like the hurt from February has decided it's still there, but the optimism for what's coming up. Do you think maybe they're just keeping him around for trade bait? No, I, I think literally they're keeping around because Brady has nobody to throw to okay. week one except Chris Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. That's it. Or Matt Hogan. You know, uh, is it Matt Hogan? No, it's Chris Hogan. Oh, it's, oh my you god, know. who who the hell is Matt Hogan? Uh, who's this uh, Cheryl? <laughs> <laughs> but so so uh, so I think as far as let me look, yeah, we're all done with sports. Yay! <laughs> Which brings us to ooh the random video game review of the week. Do you want me to go with a? With with another Atari because of no, uh, oh the art of Atari the, book. Thank you for that. By the way, I've I've read it cover to cover, uh, and I don't read books. Um, but um, if I'm gonna hide money, it's not gonna be in this book. Don't go with another Atari game. Go with um, you know anything, anything you want. For always going with the old Nintendo. Can you go wrong? Um, it looks like to me. That it's uh, somewhere between 
Phantom Fighter, and I want to say Pinbot. It's um, is the man. It starts with is it is it what the heck? I'm gonna be kicking myself. It's like a PI game. I'm guessing. Uh, I forget. I forget what it is. Was it a Pitfall Two? No, it's not Pitfall. Uh, it is. It's sad oh, it is Pinball. Because you said it. Oh, okay. What the hell is that up there? Um, oh, that's Pinball that I'm looking at way back there. What, is it your backup copy of Pinball? <laughs> I have two Pinbots. <laughs> Nobody has two Pinbots. Pinbot. <laughs> well, you must be rich. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I guess, a video game that has to do with Pinball and robots. <laughs> um, it's not quite a Pinball. It's not quite a robot. It's Pinbot. I believe it's... Um, I don't even know who makes this because the uh, the they I only have the cartridge and they didn't have the common courtesy to put the developer's name or the licensee's name on the cartridge cover. So that I I think this is good though. I think it's one of these See, like upper end. No, no, I'm going to interrupt you. You keep saying, I think it's I, leading me to believe I, we I, you <laughs> haven't played this. No, I have not. I have not played Pinbot. I um. Did you I, just get it because it was a wall bearing game? I, exactly, it's a load bearing <laughs> game that I needed. Uh, I needed to, the stability in my life. Um, what I have been playing, uh, I did pick up a couple other games. Uh, I bought Metroid: Samus Returns for the Nintendo 3DS, which is a remake of Metroid 2 for the Game Boy. Um, Ooh, slow down. They're writing this down. I know. Seriously, there will <laughs> now, be. Wait, a wait. But, but but what what system? A Nintendo 3DS. That's the handheld. The, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a, mod- a modern game. Uh, I mean, I just got it today, and I'm enjoying it. It's very nice. It's a Metroid game. You can't let's, go wrong with Metroid. Let's, let's well, pretend I don't know what a modern game is. <laughs> a modern game. Oh, modern game. I, okay. I just said modern because it's. Yeah, I'm transposing the E and the R on the game. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. I believe us, you. Uh, <laughs> us nerds. Uh, don't say that. Nobody says that. Um, <laughs> but back to Pinbot. I'm sure this is a, a very nice pinball game with a robot aesthetic. And... According to the Ultimate NES Guide by Pat Contry, Pinbot is a three-and-a-half-star game. Well, I'll be. It's developed by Rare. Rare, um, they made GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. They make the Donkey Kong Country games. Uh, they, they, they're, they were bought out by Mark, Microsoft in the, uh, in the 2000s, and uh, they stopped making uh, Nintendo games uh, since then. Now they're on Microsoft's dime. But uh, they were, like, one of the bigger developers, one of the, the, the better developers. Um, and uh, this is a, a pretty decent game. It's a, it's a, for, for somebody who likes pinball, and actually, you know, according, like, if you look at these, these screen grabs, not too shabby. Not bad. Yeah, not too shabby for a shitty um, pinball game for the Nintendo. No, it's not shitty. It's, it's a nice game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, I'm glad I own it. And if I were to guess... How much it would cost on eBay card alone? I'm gonna guess nine dollars, and it's five seventy nine. Ooh, two dollars for shipping. So yeah. you want you want that? Yeah, I'm right. Okay, buck twenty off. Yeah, all right. That's pretty good. So okay, I, it's a it's a, maybe I will play it. Maybe I will, but maybe I won't. But your vacation ended. You're right. My vacation's over. I don't have the time now um, until uh, they fire me. Then <laughs> I'll have all the time in the world. So by Wednesday. Yeah, seriously. They just gave me uh, 24 hours to clean up my desk. Um, so that's it. What are you watching on 
Nefleesh. This week, uh, a lot of nothing. Um, the only thing I've really been watching, and you might appreciate this, for some reason, about a week ago, I decided, because I'm an adult, because I'm a grown-up, because it's time to get the kids ready to go back to school, because I'm now president of the Worcester 78s, the ABA, um, it was time to uh, buckle down, cut out the non-shit, or nonsense, the bullshit, and pop in... Arkham City, yeah, <laughs> and and play the second installment of the Arkham series, the best Arkham game came came out in 2011. Um, you know who's the developer? Put in the. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do know this. I do know that it's Rocksteady. Rockstar. Ro- no, Rocksteady. It is Rocksteady. Rocksteady. That's right. Thank you. Um, you will like this. Put in the game. Would it load? Take it out. Clean it up. Put it in. Would it load? And once you have it in your head, you know, it's like it's like going to bed and, and thinking, yeah, I'm going to jerk off. And then try not to. Right. <laughs> like the, internet one, won't work. Once you make that commitment. <laughs> Uh-oh, the internet's down. You know, that's let's, it. Let's yeah. see if I can break into my neighbor's internet. <laughs> Sears catalog anywhere. <laughs> Where's that J.C. Penny? Is Sears anywhere? Is this Mrs. Bradley still a thing? <laughs> Anyways, um, so I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this lovingly. I pulled a Joe. I got in the car, went to GameStop, and rebought the game. I don't want to say how much it is. Let's just, just say, say it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Right. I think it was like six, 14 bucks. six bucks. Oh, no, but no. because I have, you know, again, because I'm a grown up, because I'm taking care of my finances and I'm like, you know, dialed into the college fund, I have my, you know, reward card, reward card that it brought it down to like, like $4.95 or something nice. like that. Uh, went home, played it, and it's great because uh, there's a really fun hack in it. Uh, there's a thing where if you play on the heart level or above, you can you, you know you have to know how to do this thing with a controller. Hello, ladies. Uh, you can make them all giant head. Oh, so wow. it, it looks like you like look it up. Look, oh, you, a you know, cheat there. you know, do like you know Arkham City big head, yeah. and it's hysterical. Oh, great. Um, it's fun. You, you there's maybe. I don't think you have to beat the whole game, or maybe you do before it unlocks like 10 different Batman outfits. Like you can be Batman from Batman Begins. You can be the 70, you know, 66 Batman. You can be like the 80s Batman. What uh, system is it for? It is for the PS3. So you have a working PS3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm lucky. I mean, I, you're lucky. I have two broken PS3s. Um, one of my greatest fears, Joe. One of my yes. greatest fears because all all that you know, Resident Evil Five magic and weapons that are loaded. I, you know, once, yes. Once yeah. you lose your hard drive, man. Exactly. It's gone, baby, gone. And so, so what I've been doing, what I've been watching this week to wrap up my end. So I beat the game, you know, and and a couple. It's a long game. Yeah. It, it's like Arkham, and you've seen. Did you hundred percent it kind of? Well, deal? Arkham Asylum, start to finish, I can hundred percent that. And I can beat the entire game and go back and get all the trials. I can beat the game start to finish in a little under three hours. I can go back in a little under an hour after that and get all the Riddler trophies and stuff like that. Uh, on this, you can't. I mean, there's some hard ones. There, there, there's a lot. And there's a lot. Uh, how many would you guess? Uh, Riddler trophies? Yes. Gee, I mean, I haven't played it in years. I'm going to say. Um, hundred about a hundred four hundred and forty. Fuck, and and some of them are these pains in the asses where you have to fly 
land on a building and without touching anything else, jump off and land on it, you know, glide to another one, like back and forth like four times. Pixel perfect kind of stuff. Oh, it is. So I beat the whole game with the exception of the Riddler trophies, and, and but it's part of the game. He's like, and he taunts you the whole time, like all throughout the city, you know, he hacks your radio and he talks shit to you or like, you know, as you're going through the city, like, you know, he projects himself on a building. And he you took, can hear it echoing through the alleys. Yeah. He took all these hostages and if you get, once you get a hundred, you get, he tells you a location and it's a challenge thing inside, you know, once you, you know, a death trap. Um, you can get the fifth prisoner when you get 320, but you don't get the final prisoner till 400. So you don't have to get all 440 before you do the final Riddler you know, thing, but you don't 100% it. Right. And again, in them, some of them, what the fuck? I want to find the people who thought, okay, you, what you're going to do is have them throw this batarang off this huge building – down into the sewer, have it loop around the corner. It's got to go through an electrified field. I hate that thing. I know you. The, the, and the, then the remote battering. You have to, you have have to, it come back the same direction. Yeah. through the tunnel. You have to, you have to do like a, a like a beeline. Like you hit the end, you get the, the oh. and then you make a beeline and do the thing. Or, or slope up. Like you have to, you know, turn a corner, and as you turn the corner, an, an event. And luckily, there's like was, slow motion bullet time stuff where you can kind of slow it down. And if I can do it in twenty tries, I'm okay with it. You know, <laughs> you know, I. I it's like I want to go out and get a big dog so I can kick something. When <laughs> oh I, my uh, but uh, but what I've been doing is a lot of that. Now here's what I've been watching. Um, I could probably get 350 by myself, but there's almost a hundred that no, I have to watch some little fuck the YouTube video. You know the YouTube. Oh yeah, that's what I've been watching this week, Joe. I've been watching the Riddler uh, trophy hunt, the walkthroughs, walkthroughs on, YouTube. on YouTube. No shame in that if you're ten. Uh, um, which you are at heart. <laughs> I'm going to suggest a, a documentary series on Netflix real quick. It's called Evil Genius, and it's about this this bank heist that went wrong in Erie, Pennsylvania in 2003. A pizza delivery guy was um, under duress, a hostage situation kind of thing. He walked into a, um, a bank, gave them a... a uh, a pre-written note, and then um, told them, you know, give them $250,000, whatever. And then he walks out. Um, under his shirt, he has a bomb handcuffed to his neck by a, a man, like a hand, a custom-made uh, attack. Like it's, it's like one part of a handcuff, like what you have attached to your briefcase right now. It's uh, one, but it's, but it's big enough to go around a neck. And it's attached, it's hardwired to a bomb. So if you try to disconnect it or whatever, it'll, the bomb goes off. Um, and it's on a timer. And long story short, the police surround him, you know, not too far from him coming out of the bank. Um, they determine that he's not lying when he says he has a bomb strapped to him and that he, you know, that, that somebody else had put this bomb on him and made him go rob the bank. And he, uh, the bomb goes off and he dies. Um, the documentary explains who masterminded it, what the pizza guy's relationship may have been with this group of people, and it's fucking fascinating. It's um, they don't spend it's they 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 don't show too much of the actual incident of him blowing up, so it's not too gory, um, but it's it's fascinating about how uh, how this came about, and it's just. Um, 
it's this web of people in the area that um, you think are unrelated, but somehow eventually they, they kind of piece together that they all kind of knew each other. And, and it's really it's really funny. One thing I will note, that the person of interest of the ma- that, that they determined might be the mastermind of the bank heist is this cr- person in prison. They, um, they're rambling. They're kind of crazy. They write a lot of letters to the producer of this documentary. Like, this per- the producer of the documentary becomes a pen pal of this, you know, suspect in, in prison. Uh, for another crime, by the way, not this crime. And um, they're writing back and forth, and it's this rambling kind of, you know, uh, blaming everybody else but themselves. Very presidential, I just want to say. Very presidential. Um, so he's a cunt. They are, they are, Cunts. yes. Um, Plural. Yes. Uh, the, the, the people in general. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say whether it's a man or a woman. It's a woman. But, <laughs> that's a, but uh, very presidential, I will say. At least that's what my take was. It's, uh, that's not what the documentary was putting out there. Just, I just looked at the person. Do, do, do you know if this, the pizza guy, if the, if the victim was part of it? Uh, I don't want to... Sp- or, or does it leave it up to you it, to kind of... It, um, it's not... No, it doesn't leave it up to you. It, it, it's it's four parts, uh, four episodes, like forty five minutes each. And what's it on? Netflix. Okay. It's called Evil Genius, and it's um it, it's a it's a good quick kind of true crime thing. Um, I say watch it. You got a parenting tip now. Now that you so you now officially have a college student. <laughs> Congratulations. Sort of. Yeah. It's it's uh, stop. <laughs> it's a good. <laughs> Uh, my my parenting tip would be, and I think I've already given this parenting tip: plan ahead for your children's college potential future. Um, do the scholarships, do the do the financial aid, do eight hours of dry land training for a sport to be determined. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, do, Every day, right? Just do do what you can, and then um, and if and don't force your child to go into a college if they're not, you know, apt. Forward, not to say that my son is not apt for it, but I'm thinking everybody has this notion like I have to have a college degree. Mm, maybe not necessarily because you know even the most successful people go in, uh, come out, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Um, no small task to pay or, to to pay down. Um, imagine if you're uh, a graduate and not a big success. I mean, everybody, you know, a lot of people can graduate college. Not a lot of people can earn the living that will require you to pay off that debt in less than 25 years. Right, here, here. So, you know, just weigh your options is what I'm saying. Um, maybe uh, flip burgers and masturbate. As, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's their uh, their lot in life. Who knows? Uh, well, Jock, what's go, your opinion? Go on. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes, Joe, you just got to say what the fuck. Um, so this past week... You know, my little uh, Hope Dashers started school. Uh, Tuesday was brutal. It was absolutely almost a 100-degree day. Not the end of the world, except I think the humidity factor was 104. You know, not really sure how that works out, but it was brutal. Um, And so... The the icon on the weather that day was the sun fanning itself. (laughs) And so, so we got home. You know, the oldest one had like a half day, picked him up. His little brother got home like an hour and stuff later. And we're like, we're just going in the pool. And so... Pool hall? (laughs) Literally walked down to the pool 
And the little guy who's eight's like, you know, mom's like, all right, go get your suits on. Let's all, let's just get in the pool. And the little guy's like, nope. Trot, 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 trot. Jump. Splash. All his clothes. You know, to which his older brother's like, I'm going to do that. Jumps in the pool with their clothes on. And, 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 and we're both like, awesome. You know, it's like, look, they're going to get washed anyways. What, what's the big difference? And they'll difference? be dry in like 10 minutes. So then they get out of the pool and they're like, Okay, you know, they start taking off their clothes completely naked. They both just jump in. They thought that that was the greatest, funnest thing to do. And then all of a sudden they hear, you know, run, 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 jump, splash. Mailman. Oh. Me. me. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, wow. You know, birthday suits all of us. And it's one of those moments where the boys are like... And coincidentally, it was my birthday? You know, so, so, so to <laughs> celebrate Joe's birthday, um, and, she, and, and management did. She took a great picture because then we all just jumped in. She took a great picture. The, the little guys in our holding hands just jumping in. She gets us just as her asses are below the waterline, but oh. you can still see maybe the slightest bit of crack in the top to see... Oh, classy. You know, it is. And it's one of those things. It's like you don't get a chance to just and, – and it was it was one of those moments where the boys were like – first of all, they like just jumped in to kind of get a reaction to the clothes and the fact that we thought that was great, you know, especially a little guy. You know him really well. It's like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> Let's try this to see if I can get a rise out of them. And then, you know, he, he half wants to get a rise, half loves the fact that we are cool with – yeah, go ahead. Just jump in your clothes. Who the – cares let's let me see the post-it rules on the side of our po- no right no rules up there um and there's nothing in the rule book that says, says an elephant, elephant can't, can't pitch. pitch and they did they just thought that that was the best thing that you know you know that i, I would just nude up and, and, and jump in and don't be afraid to be a complete nude ass goofball in your own pool in your own yard with your own kids just have high fences please uh, yeah no we uh, our fence is about like six feet high Oh, good. I mean, Shane Link. Right, but you know. no. <laughs> uh, and literally, like, maybe one neighbor, if they pick their head around their, their pool and cockeyed and, you know. And, hey, if you want to go that hard to take a look, oh, God bless you. you and know? shame on that nosy Mrs. Ockmonic <laughs> next door. But that's my parenting tip. Sometimes you just got to say, what the fuck. Good. Good for you guys. I'm glad you're so free-spirited and queer. <laughs> <laughs> queer as in, you know, unusual. I'm, bre- I'm making queer back. I I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm leaving queer alone. Had a gay old time. Yes, good. Um, good for you guys. So that's it. Uh, I guess we're doing a sideshow. It, it will be short. Please. <laughs> it's a. I guess it'll be the 2018-19 season of the Patriots uh, kickoff kind of deal, where Jacques makes his predictions on how well the Patriots will. Trounce the other teams. I I did well last year. I, I had the right, I had the correct record. Okay. I I had them at thirteen and three, mm-hmm. but two of the games I had them. You know, I had the wrong games that they lost. Right. And I uh, didn't did, get the last. Didn't one. have the last one. No, made it. You didn't make it because Bill Belichick. Right. Want to play Malcolm Butler? <laughs> he's and a scene. He's a he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess that's it for the podcast. Jacques, it was a pleasure doing this podcast with you. I'm sorry, Joseph. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did. Uh, as we record this, we are three weeks from today. You will be at Ralph's in Worcester, where the Rationales will be 
apologizing for Dan and I with their set. Uh, and this is one of the songs that uh, hopefully will be in the, uh, the, the, it will be on the set list. A uh, little love song called Laid. Ah, a classic. An oldie but a goodie. So, so that's it, Jacques. Um, I have nothing else to say. Do you? Don't just, oh, just that. And one more thing. Don't forget. That's the line 